0: Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the UK True Crime Weekly podcast, I'm Adam. That noise in the middle of the night, you convince yourself it's nothing, just the wind, a fox, maybe a cat. But in today's story from Hampshire, that noise in the middle of the night was all those things you reassure yourself it wasn't, and was in fact all your worst nightmares come true. As always a huge thank you to all my supporters on Patreon but especially this week's new members who have joined our special club that is Elizabeth Desbois I'm sure I pronounced that wrong Elizabeth, my apologies Hugh Stephen Sibha Sigranandotir and an increased pledge to one of my oldest standing patrons and a real friend of the show, Nikki Preston Thank you all so much Let's briefly set some context for today's story by taking a quick look at the music we were listening to on the 30th of April, 2017. Clean Bandit, featuring Zara Larson was at number one with (laughs) Sympath... Symphony. Sympathy? Same thing, I guess. Ed Sheeran, with Shape of You, was number one in the US. Never heard of him. One hit wonder, I guess. And in Australia, it was Ed Sheeran, who spent more time at the top of the album charts than anybody else, 21 weeks. In the news this month, a bomb on the St. Petersburg metro killed 11 people, with a second bomb defused. There was a world record for the gathering of Charlie Chaplin lookalikes, 662 of them, at an event in Switzerland. Prime Minister Theresa May announced she would seek a snap election. What could possibly go wrong? And Illy Nastasi was thrown off the tennis court for insulting British female players during the Fed Cup playoff against Romania in Constanta. And in boxing, Anthony Joshua became the WBA World Heavyweight Champion after beating Vladimir Klitschko in an extraordinary night at Wembley Stadium. Today's story is from Ringwood, a town in Hampshire to the south of London, close to the New Forest, northeast of Bournemouth and southwest of Southampton. I have very fond memories of university sailing events at nearby Spinnaker Club in the town, although it's fair to say that almost all those memories are more than a little patchy and hazy. In nearby Bournemouth, one of the big employers is Liverpool Victoria Insurance. Wikipedia tells us it was founded in 1843 as a burial society. And for many decades, Liverpool Victoria was most commonly associated with penny policies, collected door-to-door by a cross-country team of agents to offer a method of saving to people of modest means. But that changed over time, and the company transformed its fortunes in 2007 when it rebranded to LV and embraced a distinctive heart-green icon in its branding, playing on the visual similarity of LV to the word love. It also began to sponsor sporting events and began advertising extensively on TV. And today the company is thriving in a tough environment for the industry, with over 5 million customers and 6,000 staff. Much of this success was due to the new CEO employed in 2006, Mike Rogers. But another key figure in the success was LV's brand and marketing director, Guy Hedger who joined the company in 2006 with a goal to transform the brand. As well as his great work at LV, Guy also volunteered his time to be the marketing director at Avon Bourne International and Business and Enterprise Trust, which runs colleges and a primary school in Bournemouth. Away from work, when we pick up today's story in 2017, 61-year-old Guy Hedger had been married to his husband, 48-year-old voluntary worker Simon-Pierre Hedger Cooper for 12 years and they lived happily and privately in their house in the Castlewood area near Ringwood. It was a private cul-de-sac of nine large attached houses on the outskirts of town. Life was really good for the couple and they'd everything to look forward to. And this evening in April was just a normal night. Simon-Pierre stayed up after Guy had gone to bed to watch the movie X-Men Apocalypse. But then after going to bed, he was awoken soon after, at about 2.50am, by the barking of Louis, their pet dog. Guy got up to see what was going on as Simon Pierre stayed in bed. I will quote what happened next from the police interview of Simon Pierre, who said the following. The next thing I know, Louis came running in, and so did Guy. A few seconds later, two masked men came in. They were wearing black clothes, both had balaclavas on. One was holding a gun, which I think was a sawn-off shotgun, and the other had two bottles of champagne, which I presume he took from our wine rack in our garage. He said, lie on your front on the bed and face the wall. We did that and Louis was shaking badly in the middle of us and Guy was breathing quite badly. he had had a heart attack previously and only 30% of his heart worked. He had a pacemaker fitted for it. We were holding hands in the bed. Guy took my little finger to try and reassure me. One man was standing by the bed, and the other was going through the dressing room. I heard a zip from a bag, which I believed was the Louis Vuitton bag. I could hear them going through drawers and jewellery. They were ransacking things. Then one said, What's the number for the effing safe? Guy got up and started saying 1, 9, but then he froze. i had got up to help and as I went around the bed I passed our TV, and next to it is a panic button. And then, stupidly, I thought it was best to press the panic button. At this time I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't know anything about guns or if he would use it but at the same time I thought they'd do these sorts of things and end up shooting you anyway. The alarms went off and the lights started flashing. I heard an almighty boom and Guy said, I've been hit, I've been hit. He fell to the floor and was lying by the side of the bed. I asked if Guy was okay and reached to get my iPhone but it was missing. This iPhone was taken by the burglars to give themselves a few more minutes to get away from the scene. The men had now gone so I went downstairs to call 999 with the phone there. I was talking to Guy and he said, please call an ambulance and I told him that I had. Guy said to me, I think I'm going to be okay and I gave him a throw pillow from the bed. As he desperately called 999, the operator could hear Guy groaning in pain, pleading for an ambulance. Distressed and panicking, Simon Pierre found it difficult to find the correct words as he told the operator that his husband had been shot by two men who broke in with a shotgun. I need an ambulance, we've been broken into, he's been shot. My partner's been shot with a shotgun, we were broken into, there were two of them. I need an ambulance, he's been shot in the chest. When the ambulance arrived, Simon Pierre was comforted by neighbours as Guy was rushed away. He had suffered terrible blood loss and went into a cardiac arrest in his home bedroom. Sadly, at just 61 years old, Guy Hedger was unable to be saved at the hospital and was pronounced dead at 5am. Detectives were baffled at the events of the evening. Their initial inquiries showed that the couple were very well liked and there were no signs of anyone carrying out the attack in revenge. It was also clear that neither man was living a secret life and so police had to accept that the most likely reason for the attack was a burglary gone wrong but there were no clear forensic clues left in the house. But then a breakthrough. Detectives found discarded cigarette butts near to Guy's home and when the DNA was tested, it led them to a man called Jason Bacchus. He was well known to local police as a man who had spent most of his adult life in prison, with his criminal career starting with a bout of shoplifting aged just five. committed a range of domestic and commercial burglaries in the past to fund his drink and his drug habits. When not in prison, he would stay nearby with a couple of drug addict friends of his, Helen and Stephen Keeping. Detectives knew that he also spent a lot of time with another criminal, a carpenter, pretty much in name only that is, by the name of Kevin Downton. And by tracking their movements at the time of the murder, investigators were soon convinced that they had their men. They swooped. A search of Downton's Vauxhall Astra found a number of items in a hidden space in the ceiling, including a snood which had gunshot residue on it, as well as a mobile phone and SIM card linked to the raid. Items stolen in the burglary were found in the bushes and the flats that Bacchus and Keeping shared, and later parts of the gun were found in the River Stour, near Canford Magna Parish Church. But none of the three men and one woman taken into custody said that they played any part at all in the robbery and the killing, and they weren't able to help with any information about where the approximately £125,000 worth of stolen goods from the house were either. These included Cartier watches, a Tiffany necklace and a Pandora bracelet given by Guy as a present to his husband. But Downton and Bacchus did confess to being up to no good on the night in question. Downton said he'd been involved in a burglary earlier on an industrial estate in nearby Verwood where he'd broken into a catering and also a diving company. He said he had stolen a safe and had taken it to some woods to try to break into it, but failed. And Bacchus also admitted being part of the earlier break-in, but said he was not involved in the fatal burglary, and his only involvement had been to source a car for Downton to use that night. He told detectives he'd been offered 300 quid by a friend to be the go-between for some planned burglaries, in the Ringwood area, and also that he would bought a Ford Focus car for Kevin Downton to use on the night of the burglary. I don't know about you, but £300 doesn't sound much, does it, reward for the risk that he was taking. Even if he was telling the truth. But Downton told police that he'd never been involved in a domestic break-in, and earlier on the evening of the murder, he'd been shopping at Toys R Us in a nearby Paul to buy a birthday present for his seven-year-old daughter. He said he then visited two or three friends on his way home, but when asked by a police for details, Downton replied, I do not wish to discuss my friends with you, just because of the nature of this. I do not wish to implicate them. I see how serious it is. I do not like being involved in this, and I do not think that they would like to be as well. He said he could not remember exactly when he returned home that evening, but it can't have been too late as he recalled checking the cost of watching a boxing match online and had found it too expensive. Downton told investigators that he'd visited the home shared by the Keepings and Bacchus several times in the days before Guy's death, not to discuss any planned burglaries but to buy cocaine. He said he started having a problem with the drug in January, initially taking it on Friday and Saturday nights, but then every day which led to him sitting alone in his van so that he could keep the habit a secret. He said, In the beginning it was something I wanted when I had a drink. I couldn't stop. I was addicted. As for the keepings, they said they couldn't have been involved in this at all as they were totally off their faces on drink and drugs when the burglary took place. The four-faced trial at Winchester Crown Court all denied murder and the three male defendants also pleaded not guilty to charges of aggravated burglary and possessing a firearm with intent to cause fear or violence. Backus and Downton admitted one charge of burglary of industrial premises in Verwood on the same day as the murder but denied another offence of burglary on the same evening. 40-year-old Helen Keeping denied two charges of assisting an offender relating to Bacchus by allegedly disposing of stolen property and fellow defendant keeping by allegedly providing him with a false alibi and disposing of stolen property. After a 60-day trial, jurors spent over 20 hours deliberating their verdicts, which were unanimous. Bacchus and Downton showed no reaction when they were both found guilty of Guy's murder, aggravated burglary and possessing a firearm, but keeping celebrated when he was cleared, and his wife was also cleared of all charges. Both defendants were sentenced to life in prison and told they must serve at least 34 years before they could be considered for release. The judge said, It was a series of elementary but stupid decisions that led to your arrest. He said the planning of the raid was amateurish and incompetent, but that doesn't diminish the culpability of what happened. You may have been out of your own depths, that was your decision, but the risk of taking a loaded gun into someone's bedroom was evident to you as to anyone. The tragedy was on the cards. Speaking to Downton, he said, You have a cold callous streak and show no remorse. And to Bacchus, he said, I would not describe you as ruthless, but I have seen no signs of remorse from you. In a victim impact statement read to the court, Simon Pierre spoke of his devastation and his husband's death, he said. Guy was an intelligent, creative, caring and gentle man. He worked his whole adult life. He deserved what he had worked for. He deserved to enjoy the fruits of his labour and he deserved to still be with me today. Guy's life was lived to the full. He worked hard and he played hard. He enjoyed sport. He was a talented artist who drew his inspiration from the sea and the places he had lived and worked. Although working for large corporations, Guy could never be called corporate. This is all in stark contrast to the final moments of Guy's life, which were full of terror, fear and pain. No one deserves to have their life ended in such an abrupt way. I pray that he is now at peace. The events of that evening have radically changed my life forever and are an experience in which I shall never recover. To lose the person you have loved and cared for over many years is devastating whenever that moment comes. But losing that person in these tragic circumstances, in front of you, in your own home, is horrific and makes the pain unbearable. A crime that cut his life short in the most violent and callous way. A crime that was fuelled solely, and simply, by greed. A thought that it's easier to take from someone else than to work hard. A thought that it's acceptable to murder, to get what you want. A thought that life is cheap. And the CPS said afterwards, These men planned to break into Guy's home and steal high-value items. Kevin Downton was armed with a summon-off shotgun. The defendants denied murdering Guy, but the CPS was able to paint a clear picture for the jury, demonstrating how the men planned the crime. The evidence put forward by prosecutors showed it could only have been them who were involved. It did not matter who pulled the trigger, as both defendants were aware a gun had been taken to the address and was likely to be used if the burglary did not go as planned. There was one more related case that came to court, as 38-year-old Jamie Evans was jailed for four years for handling stolen goods and possession of an offensive weapon. Evans, who ran the Antiques Vineyard in Boscombe, was initially linked to the murder investigation in June 2017 because of mobile phone contact with the offenders. After a £10,000 reward was offered by Crime Stoppers, the following month, police received an anonymous tip-off about an envelope placed in a postbox containing five rings, two bracelets, a gold necklace and a Cartier watch, worth almost £28,000. And DNA tests linked the items to Evans. Police said that Evans told detectives he was offered and bought the items for £150 believing he would be able to make a reasonable profit. Huh, no kidding. But I panicked when he saw press reports about the items and tried to hand them in. He was jailed for four years after pleading guilty to two counts of handling stolen goods and one count of possessing an offensive weapon. So what do you make of what we've heard today? I live around half a mile from any other house. It's a very quiet, deserted place. So when I hear noises in the night, I always tell myself it's deer, it's foxes, it's cats, it's the wind. I tell myself it's nothing, as do you. But if you, like me, have never had the terrifying experience of confronting an intruder, can you imagine the sheer terror of it? And poor Simon Pierre did just what any one of us would have done and pressed the panic button and then had to watch his husband be terribly injured after being shot in front of him. And yet many local people would have been to bed before the burglary happened, and woken up after Guy had died just another normal day, unaware of the terrible events that had happened nearby. And Guy? Wow. Talented, kind, a lovely man. Just so unfair, at the prime of his life this happens to him. And do you have any sympathy for his murderers? No, nor me. Though I do feel for Downton's daughter, don't you? She's approaching 10 now and if she's not already aware she will soon realise just what sort of man her dad really is. Thank you for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Weekly Podcast. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK true crime please head over to the Facebook group where almost 4,000 of us will ensure you'll be made very, very welcome. And to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime to find 36 full-length bonus episodes, videos and other exclusive content. For just a couple of quid a month, you know it makes sense. And also, why not head over to UKTrueCrime.com to catch all the latest articles. The latest is about a new true crime podcast, Another Shade of Crime. Take a look at the article and listen to the show. It's really good. So that is all for me for today. I'm off to enjoy the rain again with my doggies Cooper and Buckley. I think in North Devon it has literally rained every single day since mid-July and they both love the mud, obviously. So until we speak again, take it easy. And as was pointed out to me on Twitter this week, as a runner at the 415 at Newmarket on Saturday was called Stay Classy. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.